This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Special edition of the show at 7 o'clock tonight. We're going to talk about more problems for the Giants. We'll do that next. And we'll chat about that with you at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. We're here until 9 o'clock. The couch! Anthony Pusick is with me. Gordon Damer will join us at 8 o'clock and get his thoughts on what's going on this week and football. And let me say this off the top. I am as distressed and concerned about this COVID situation that's going on now during the holidays and how it's spreading. And obviously, a number of players across a number of sports decided that they were going home for Thanksgiving. And it's it's really caused havoc with the schedule and concerns. It was starting to look a lot like parts of last year, right? When it was just happening. And so everybody, please be careful. Having said that, and I feel kind of guilty, it's interesting to see doubleheader football again tonight and tomorrow night. And right now, we'll keep you updated with the Browns and Raiders in Cleveland in a game that the Browns desperately need. I mean, the Raiders need it too, but the Browns desperately, desperately need this at 7-6. and six. And they're trailing 10 nothing. Nick Mullins at the helm. And if here's what you need if you're a Browns fan. You need your guys to come up big and make some plays. And hopefully with a recovered fumble, they're marching, they're third and goal. Maybe they can get some points on the board. But you need it's the third string guy. Okay, you need to make some plays to help him out. He's not that good. If he was, he'd be the starter. <laughs> okay? And they found a way to get into the end zone, so Nick Chubb gets in. And obviously the game plan, if you're Las Vegas, 12 in the box. Let's bring in the extra guy. Yeah, I know. Let's see if they'll call it. But you're stacking the box. You're not allowing them to run the football to beat you, right? You're going to make Nick Mullins pass the ball to beat you. And that's what they're doing. So as I mentioned, we'll keep you updated on that all night. And then, of course, we got the Vikings and Bears on ESPN and ABC for Monday Night Football. For the Giant fans, it just, it just gets worse. Carlin and Rosenberg broke it on the Michael K show. A Jordan Renan tweet, tweet that says that Daniel Jones is done for the year. Listen, I think it's the right move. Why would you rush to bring him back this year? What is there left to prove? What, that you can maybe get a win? I mean... Let's play safe here, okay? Let him stay out. Let him heal totally. You have other issues as far as Daniel Jones is concerned. And the number one issue as far as Daniel Jones is concerned is, is he our quarterback of the future? And it's, it's probably one of the tougher decisions as a Giants fan that you have to make. Because you're looking at it emotionally, right? Well... Sterling Shepard's always injured. He doesn't have him. He hasn't really had Saquon Barkley for the past year, the past two years consistently. Maybe Has he had Saquon Barkley for 16 games over the past three years? <laughs> uh, Evan Ingram doesn't hold on to passes. Hey, they got Kenny Dal- Galladay. He's been hurt, and he hasn't been effective. Oh, and we got Kadarius Toney. He can't stay healthy. And first we had, you know, a... a 
now we've got a new offensive coordinator. We had an old offensive coordinator. He wasn't that good. So we don't really know what Daniel Jones is. But I think you do. I mean, if you really sat back and thought about it, what has he done to show you that he's your guy? Availability? Eh. Holding on to the football? Eh. Effectiveness in the red zone? Eh, eh, eh. What has he done to say, you know what, we're going to be okay? Maybe he's not, and I'm not saying he has to be Justin Herbert, who... I would love to see Justin Herbert in New York playing for one of these teams. Love it. I just love what he brings to the table. But there are young quarterbacks, and obviously you know young quarterbacks have to grow. There's growing pains, right? If you don't know, talk to your Jets brethren who are struggling right now with Zach Wilson and what he's trying to learn in his first year. And yes, I know the stats sometimes tell you that Daniel Jones has actually improved. He doesn't turn the ball over as much as he did previously. But... Here's my definition about quarterback play, okay? The quarterback cannot help who's on the field. He doesn't, he doesn't coach the team. He doesn't make substitutions. He makes suggestions on certain plays that are in the playbook that he likes, that work best for him, that he's comfortable with. But he doesn't choose what, who, the, who the coaches run out there, who the offensive coordinators run out there. When Jason Garrett was here, he didn't, he didn't Garrett didn't ask Jones, well, who do you want me to play? <laughs> what the quarterback can control, not turning the football over, making sure that you're ahead of the sticks, doing things that they can control. Has Daniel Jones done the best job to do that? And yeah, I know it's, I know it's tough, but the Giants find themselves in the same spot the Jets were last season trying to evaluate Sam Darnold. You kind of know, like you really kind of know that it's not what we thought it would be. It's not. It's not who we thought. We thought we'd have a better answer by now. Have we seen some progress? Absolutely. Is he Really good in the RPO situation. Yeah, he can run the ball. He needs to, like, slide quicker. It's unbelievable. I'm watching him not slide, and it took me back to my years covering the Jets when Rex Ryan asked Joe Girardi (laughs) to come by one Jets drive and work with Mark Sanchez on sliding. And I'm seeing this, it's happening all over again for me. It's like deja vu. Great quarterbacks, really good quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks have to be available. Are injuries part of the game? Absolutely. But what does Steve Young talk about all the time? How quarterbacks can play much longer. How Tom Brady can still play. How Aaron Rodgers can still play. How these Quarterbacks can still play because the league takes care of them. The rules take care of them. And what's worse is Daniel Jones, unfortunately, is following 
a quarterback in Eli Manning who was never hurt. He was always available. Every single week you knew your starting quarterback was going to be Eli Manning until he was benched. And it wasn't because of his health. So the question for you Giant fans at 1-800-919-3776, and granted, there's other issues with the Giants. We understand that. We get it. We know there's issues with the offensive line. We know there's issues on the back end defensively, although they played very well, although they played well yesterday. And Dallas has got some issues offensively because they just, you know, that game numbers-wise, the score-wise, it wasn't as close as the score dictated if you watched it, if you knew that. So granted, the Giants have other things to deal with. But when we're talking about quarterback play, what are they going to do? This is not a great quarterback draft from what I'm hearing from our folks, from the Kuypers and company. Not a great quarterback group. Not a great one. Do you try to trade for one? Well, how are you going to do that? Your, your salary cap situation is brutal. What do you do? Are you sure that he's Daniel Jones is not the guy? Are you going to wait and bring in maybe a new GM, which I'm hearing, possibly, because it could change at the last minute. You never know. And will that GM bring in a new head coach or will the head coach that you have, Joe Judge, still be here? And who's going to make that determination on whether you get a new quarterback or not? Here's Joe Judge, the Giants head coach on what's next for his young signal caller. It's rest, it's treatment, it's continuing on with some of the kind of the, um, you know, rehab type exercise he would do for it. This is really contact-based. There's nothing surgery that's even being talked about or mentioned at this point. Surgery is not an option at this point. Uh, there's nothing to lead us to believe that he would need surgery for this. Uh, this is purely a timetable deal as far as this injury. And again, you know, the medical team has been, you know, monitoring, you know, how the neck has progressed over the last few weeks. Uh, they didn't think they saw enough progress to clear him for contact. And with the time remaining in the season, they didn't believe it was going to be the smartest move to put him out there that they didn't think it would be fully healed within that timetable. And the best thing for him right now is to start on having a full recovery with rest and treatment. It's the right move. No question about it. That's what they should do. And in the back of your mind, though, do you wonder if another hit and it something happens? And he re-injures the neck? I mean, how do you play with that? I mean, you know, it's, what football players do is just amazing to me. The fact that they go out there and you see, I remember Rex Ryan telling us years ago that you are 100%, every game is 100% that somebody's going to be injured or hurt. Every game you play, every single game the team plays, somebody's going to get hurt. So that's another situation for you. If you're the Giants, what are you going to do about Daniel Jones? Steve Young, his weekly spot on the Michael K Show, was asked, what are you going to do with Daniel? 32 teams worry about this, even the guys that have the answer. Because as soon as you don't have the answer, you're in trouble. Like the Patriots were last year with Cam Newton. It's like, what are we going to do? And then the answer fell to them, so they're, they're in good shape for 10, 15 more years. But every team's in the same spot trying to decide. And the problem is, if, nowadays, if you decide that it's yes, it's 30 to 44 to $45 million a year to say yes at a minimum. And so it's, it makes it that much more difficult of a decision. Daniel is a talent. I mean, everyone's in the talent. And there's always a but. There's three years of 
bust. And I feel like Daniel would thrive in more abundant thinking offensive schemes that I think it's hard for me to smile. It's easy for me to say. I mean, it's tough to prove. But my tendency would be to put Daniel in a better spot with more help. And I'd sure like to see what he could do. But I can understand what people who don't. See, this is the issue, is the Giants have to make a financial decision on him. That's the, that's the problem. If this was year two or three, okay, let's, let's try it. We got another year. Let's see where we're going. But this was that other year. And unfortunately for him, he got hurt. And then unfortunately for the Giants, what did he show them to make them think that he's definitely the person that's going to lead this team going forward? If anything, you're more leaning towards getting a, a stopgap guy and trying to get a quarterback in the in the draft. Maybe not this draft, maybe the next draft, whatever. Right? You're looking to get a guy with some experience that will give you another two, three years to have you find that next franchise guy. I think that's where the Giants are are right now. I do. I. I I don't I don't see how you bring him back. I I just don't. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to the phone and see what you have to say. Let's go to Tom's River. That's where Justin's hanging out on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Larry. Thank you for taking my call. Happy holidays to you. You took the words right out of my mouth. The good organizations put themselves in position to, to pounce when the time is right. In my opinion, if, if the Giants don't make a trade for a quarterback or like one in this draft, you got to put yourself in position for, for future drafts. So, in my opinion, they don't like anybody in this draft. You try to acquire draft picks and get the draft capital. So, next year, maybe like a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young, when you have a quarterback that you do like, you have the ammo to pounce and, and strike while the iron is high. I, if me personally, like you said, a stopgap quarterback for Hi, one Justin. more year, you don't say have to catch from beyond that. All right, your phone dropped out, Justin. You, say, what, say it again. No, your what phone? I was saying was, I would bring maybe Daniel Jones back or bring a stopgap quarterback just for next year if you don't like any of the quarterbacks this year. And I don't think it's realistic for the Giants to trade for a Russell Wilson or anything mm-hmm. like that. And, I, and that long term, I don't know if that's the answer. You want to have a quarterback for the future. Russell Wilson's a little old. The price, most teams have success when they have like, when you draft them Mahomes, you groom them, and you have them for the first four or five years. In my opinion, I would try to trade back this year in the draft with their two draft picks and have draft picks for next year with Stroud and maybe Bryce Young next year. I agree with you, Justin. Thanks for the phone call. That's why I would go. And you, you have to try to, or maybe you're going to have to use some draft choices to get the quarterback that you need, even the stopgap quarterback. I have to stop and look and see what free agent quarterbacks are available. But once again, I don't know how much money the Giants have to spend. I mean, they have to restructure, they'd have to restructure a ton of folks. To try to get, you know, would I be interested to see Russell Wilson here? I would be interested. Sure, I would be interested. The quarterback play would be elevated. And listen, he's used to playing behind a suspect offensive line. He's been doing that for most of his career in Seattle. But I think if Galladay is healthy and can play, and Kadarius Tony, from what I've seen from him, can play, they've got some weapons catching the football I mean I don't know what they're going to do with Saquon Barkley either but I think they run the ball decently at least they did yesterday and you could see that Barkley is better than he was the first couple of weeks he got back 
you could see there was movement. There was a little cutback ability. You could see that in his mind, he was more confident that his knee could take the shifts and moves that he wants to do. But right now, I'd have to tell you, I'd, I'd be looking to play let's make a deal and bring a quarterback in because, like Steve Young said, here's the bottom line. Are you going to pay Daniel Jones 30 to $45 million? In the words of John Travolta in that bank commercial, ho, 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 I don't think so. Spike's in St. Pete. He's next on 98.7. Hey, Spike. Hey, Larry. Good to catch you. Uh, Cooked me up. Seven a rough day. Listen, uh, you know, in football, when we grew up, or I grew up, because I'm older than you, the quarterback that came in in the drafts, which had more rounds, I believe, sat and sat and sat. And what was the old line? Had on backwards and clipboard. You remember those days? Yes. And right, and and I'm noticing now too the college game. I watch a little. I watch more pro football, but the colleges have gone to the pro set by and large in the last what ten years or so. So they think they're ready, but they're not prepared because it's unlike any other sport. You know, baseball drafts. You know, the top four or five they usually get right. The NBA they get them right more often than any sport because of a smaller amount of uh, players. But in football, it's tough, especially with alignment. I mean, everything I listen to on sports talk radio, every single team with two exceptions, the Colts and the Patriots, have poor offensive lines, Mm. unless I'm missing a team. So when I'm watching the game yesterday, I watched Daniel Jones. When's the last time a guy got drafted in the top ten and played two full seasons? You'll be hard-pressed to come up with one. Yeah, you're probably yeah, right because it, because they go to bad teams <laughs> that need a yeah, lot of work. That, well, yeah, that that's right. And, and, and I'll leave you with this and nice nice perk to get you. You know how I feel. Uh, I, I get into these basketball discussions with a lot of people. You know how I feel about the game. Mm-hmm. And they and they say, well, John Stockton wasn't that good. Well, yeah, call him alone. He played 82 games, I think 15 out of 17 seasons. So what do you always say about availability? Yes, the best ability. Is availability. That's it. So, you know, that's what you have to do. But uh, this this guy, you know, I always hear Steve uh, Young say, I could, I would have played another 10 years. You've heard him, too. Oh, yeah. The rules were so protective. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it'll be. I'm just looking over, you know, hearing your arm and catching up on the football there's really no stick-out team this year. I think uh, Green Bay just became the favorite, and they bumped Tampa Bay. Go figure Tampa Bay. Could you have figured that game last night? No, not going into it, Spike, and thanks for the phone call, my friend. Always good hearing from you. It's it, you, you wondered because it's something about the Saints where they always seem to give Brady an issue, and Steve Young broke it down earlier today when he said because they have the ability to rush four, they don't have to have a fifth person where they blitz because that's where Brady is so good because he knows where that blitz is coming from, and he goes right to the guy in the area where the guy's coming from, the defender's coming from. And listen, Giant fans know this well. That's how you got two Super Bowls because you had a NASCAR package under Steve Spagnuolo who just pressured him and he all around his legs and he doesn't like people around his legs and that that's what New Orleans did. And so they do that. And then you add to the fact that he loses weapons. I mean, no, Chris Godwin? I mean, for the year? I mean, that's that's huge. No Mike Evans? I mean, listen, that's that's why... Remember, when Brady went down there, he had a shopping list. 
And part of the groceries were already there. He just sprinkled in some additions that he wanted. Fournette left the game. So aside from the defensive issues they had trying to defend against uh, trying to defend, excuse me, uh, last night for Tampa, okay, against the Saints, then you lose your weapons. So now the Saints make you one-dimensional. Okay, let's see. Let's see. You try to throw now. We're, we're going to stop the run. Try to throw. You couldn't. Didn't have the time. Shut out. When is the last time you've seen the Tom Brady team shut out? You keep waiting for him to come back. Like, okay, he's going to come back somehow. He's going to come back. He always does. He always does. He always tries to make a way to come back. Not last night. So it, it's it's fascinating to see. But that's uh, that's the issue that you have. That's the challenge in trying to develop a young team and turn it around. That's why, yeah, it's done in the National Football League, but it's not easy because you have to have a situation where you've got some young talent and you can sprinkle in veterans to help you take that next step because a fully fully all free agent team doesn't win the National Football League. It's not like the NBA. It's not even like baseball, okay? You have a chance of that happening more in baseball than you do in football. Larry Hardesty and now Gordon Damer. Welcome you in. We're both in for Chris Carlin. Hey, Gordon. Larry, you know, I'm sorry I'm a little late to the show. I wanted to go back and re-watch. You know, I watched it yesterday, the Jets and the Giants, but since they were both on at the same time, you're always a little distracted. So I wanted to go Uh back and re-watch, do a deep dive on both teams Mm -hmm. singularly uh, at given their, you know, the, my total attention to each team in its given time, and mm-hmm. uh, after doing that, I can tell you they both stink. Yeah, I kind of figured that out just by watching <laughs> half of them. <laughs> you should have been able to figure that out watching the first time, right? Listen, I know why you watched the Giant game again. Because I mean, the Jet game again because yeah, Miami beat them. So Loved I get it. that. But Fantastic, Gordon. We've been having this conversation, and you know, as you know. Uh, Albert Jordan Renan reported that Daniel Jones is done for the year with the neck injury, mm-hmm. which I think is the right thing to do. No need to bring him back. It's not like you've got a playoff run going here. No. Uh, so now the question is, what do you do? Do you move on from him? I think, and I told the audience, that I'm ready to get a stopgap quarterback and for the next couple of years and try to get one in the draft again. Well, you know, I don't know necessarily, and it's still a little ways away. I think it's 129 days until the NFL draft this year. It does not seem like at this point in time that this draft is very strong at the quarterback position. It seems like this is going to be the first time in a while that the quarterback is not going to go number one. And whether one goes in the top five, top ten, seems kind of up in the air. So um, I hear you. Uh, I think it's pretty clear at this point Daniel Jones is not the long-term answer. But the problem for the Giants is that they don't have any long-term answers anywhere. They're not... They're a long-term answer away. I mean, they got they have nothing but holes throughout the roster, and they're on the hook for Daniel Jones next year anyway. So I, I agree with you. Like, if you can go out, I don't know who the guy is, but if there's a guy that's there that has some experience that has played in the league and has been a starter, maybe is not a starter right now. You almost have to do that anyway because Daniel Jones has proven that he cannot stay healthy. And no. I'll be honest with you, some of the quotes today, especially the one that that Jordan gave you in announcing the thing, I don't feel very good about his long-term availability, uh, Daniel Jones, is anyway. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that you're going to move on from him uh, exclusively this offseason. You might want to find a better plan B. 
But I will say, after this season is over and the conversation about that fifth-year option, there's no way the Giants can pick that up. You can't. You can't do it. No, absolutely not. So the, the Giants, no matter who the GM is next year, if they change the coach, if they change whatever, they're, they're going to be a rebuilding team. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really make much sense to be saying, you know what, we're just going to cut ties on Jones now, go drafts, unless there's somebody that you absolutely fall in love with with the picks that you have. Maybe that is possible. But, um, it, it, I mean, this is a team that is absolutely nowhere close. You could make the argument that they're in worse shape now than when, when Gettleman took over. I agree. They are. I think they are. Yeah. Oh, no, quite. I mean, between the cap situation, mm-hmm. now they, they do have two number one picks. That helps. <laughs> but they have now lost 10, at least 10 games five years in a row. They have the worst offense in, in maybe not the worst, but one of the worst in the sport, and that was when Daniel Jones was playing. Exactly. They have no building blocks on offense. I mean, maybe Andrew Thomas is the long-term solution at left tackle. Okay, That's great. One. But, but, but for all the money you've spent on skill positions and draft picks and everything else, you have no long-term solutions there. You got cap problems. You're going to have a new GM. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you want to move on, I'm not telling you you can't because it's not like Daniel Jones has really given you a whole lot and has not been able to stay healthy either. No, and that's so, the big thing for me. Yeah. If, if I'm investing... 40, 50 million in my quarterback. I'd like to think that he could at least give me one or two. Look, I understand injuries happen, but I'd like to think that he's going to be able to be to be available for me, especially as I mentioned, Gordon, you're following a quarterback that never missed a game yeah, because of injury. Help. That doesn't help. And, and, you know, just to get back to those quotes that, 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 that were given today, um, the one that I saw, the quote, there is optimism the injury is not expected to affect Jones' long-term future. When you say that there's optimism, the injury is not going to affect his long-term future. I'm sorry. The way I read that is there's a possibility this affects his long-term future. It's not, you know what the translation? He's one hit away. Yeah. I mean, that's not great. Uh, the other one that I saw was at this moment, there's no concern. This is a long-term injury. Mm-hmm. At this moment. That, that, what, what jumps out to you there? At this moment. Like I just right. said, when, when you say at this moment, that's saying that I, I expect that there's a possibility that the situation could change. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I just said, at this moment, there doesn't seem to be a quarterback who's going to go high up in the draft. I'm, what yep. I'm saying is, well, who knows? We'll get into the draft process and maybe somebody surprises us. So when you say at this moment... That means there's a good possibility at a moment down the road, things look completely different. That sounds like, then we get to the calls in a second, that sounds like the doctors are saying, listen, if he doesn't come back, don't blame us for you saying that we thought he could play. You won't give him the fifth year. (laughs) Don't blame us. And I thought it was very odd. Look, maybe uh, I just don't remember this happening before. The fact that Ronnie Barnes is the one who is releasing the statement, not ownership, not the coach, not the GM. Do you ever remember that happening before? No, no, no. And Ronnie Especially Barnes has been there forever, so yes, he has. He's he's got stock. Yes, he's been yes, there he so does. long. He's yes, got he stock. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. By the way, the Raiders were trying to come back, Gordon, in this game. They were marching, but you know, car with a pick. So right now, Cleveland it looks like they're going to have the opportunity to uh, you know win this ball game if they can just keep. Keep the ball away from the Raiders, and this is a win they desperately needed. Desperately. Needed. Oh yeah, no question. Big difference between eight and six and seven and seven. It is. It really is. Tommy's in Mendham. He's next on ninety eight seven. Hey Tommy. Tommy, hey guys. What's hey, Tommy. up? 
Yeah, what, what, what's the real risk in just letting Jones play out the fourth year? I guess he becomes a free agent, and yeah, I'm not sure how good he is, but my fear is you look at how much Sims was hurt at the start of his career and what he turned out to be, and what if Jones ends up being that, and you give up because he was hurt and you haven't seen a lot. Well, Tony, look, I, I, there's a possibility of that, but sure. I mean, is that what you're banking on? Well, I, I don't know if you cut bait yet or not. I mean, there's always a risk, and uh, you know, Sims was hurt so much, and I know it's a different world, and it's a it's a cap mm-hmm. world, and, and you can't pay him the option. But worst case, let him play next year, and he's a free agent. And, and if you want to sign him to a shorter contract, can you do that? Give him a two-year deal after that if you if he shows a lot of improvement. I don't know, Tommy. I guess you could, and thanks for the phone call. I guess you could give him a two-year deal, but he, he's he got to show up. He's got to almost, Gordon, be a new quarterback. Yeah. I mean, what has he shown you to yeah. – what has he consistently shown you to make you think that he is just going to change? Well, because the situation, uh, I expect there to be change in terms of the roster, but how much change is there going to be? I mean, I, I mean you have to change so much between the offensive line, between getting some skill position players that are actually producing on the field. I'm in agreement with him. I would ride it out with him next year. I'm not going to cut bait with him now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would make sure that I have a better plan B than Mike Glennon. That much is for sure. Because with Mike Glennon, the Giants have no chance to win the game. Nope. None. Unless the defense like scores, picks off two passes and scores touchdowns or picks off the team five times or something like that, they have no chance. No chance to win. So, yeah, you have to have a better backup. But, no, I would ride with Daniel Jones next year because, like it or not, no matter who the GM is, the Giants are going to be rebuilding that. Whether they realize that or not, they are going to be rebuilding next year. Yeah, they will be. There's no question they will be. And But I just think for them, they've got to get a – you've got to get a stopgap quarterback, Gordon, because, yeah. A, uh, he's not – not that I'm wishing anything on him. Okay, I'm not. But Gordon, do you have confidence he's going to be available for you for even ten games next year? I'm talking about half, a yeah, little more than half. No, it's it's not it's not a great situation. It, you know, if this were a one time thing, that would be okay. But you know, some of his strength is in running, yep. and he gets he gets hurt that way too. So he's he missed time each of the three years. So. Uh, it's not trending in the right direction. And unfortunately, you know, the bigger thing to me is, the I mean, you talk about reading the, the writing on the wall. The Giants are in, in almost in debt. Like, think about all the things that would check boxes of a, an organization that is in, ter- in, in need of a complete teardown. Mm-hmm. Right? Like all the things I listed before. They've lost 10, at least 10 games five years in a row. They don't know who their long-term solution at quarterback is. It doesn't seem like the guy they have right now. They have a, a brutal offense. They've spent all this money, and the offense is still brutal. They have no building blocks on offense. Uh, they have a couple of picks this year, but they got cap problems, and they're going to have a new GM. And to think that you're going to stick with the coach in that situation, mm-hmm. you know, at least with the quarterback, you're contractually tied to him for next year, and it doesn't right. seem like there's a, a great plan B to go to. Mm-hmm. The co- I, I just don't understand the, 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 the course of action. They seem like they are going to be tweaking things. <laughs> the Giants yeah. are not a tweak away. Maybe Fromm will be the backup. <laughs> you know, the fact that we have gotten to a state where we're, com- where we're debating, should it be Mike Glennon or a guy you picked up off the practice squad of the Buffalo Bills two weeks ago? And look, the people who are crying out for Jake Fromm, I hear you, 
because just watching it with you know the, on the second TV and my main uh, focus being on the Jets and Dolphins yesterday, the the offense is brutal. Mm-hmm. No amount of medium Pepsis are going to fix that offense. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> we tried. Oh, my God. We tried to get it done, and, and then it looked like all the Dallas Cowboy fans got the Pepsis. Yeah, yeah, they were, they were, they were, uh, they were enjoying themselves, and, and rightfully so. I mean, like, when you've beaten your main rival nine out of ten times, oh, and you own their building like they yeah. did yesterday, that's a good yeah. time. It is. It is. Uh, Artie's in Brooklyn. He's next on 98.7. Hey, Artie. I just want to know if Gordon, if Gordon was sweating it out in the first uh, ten minutes of the uh, Jet Dolphin game. Oh, absolutely! Down ten nothing to a team that's not had a ten nothing lead all season long. I was a little worried. Dude, dude I he was not worried, Artie. Artie was kept completing passes. Artie, don't let him fool you. He was not. I was worried. Zach Wilson looked halfway decent. They were making plays. He was not worried, Artie, because you know why he wasn't worried? Because he knew that the second half was coming. And he knew that that so far, he only plays a half. So if he played great in the first half, that means he wasn't going to play great in the second half. Oh, my God. He was a disaster in the second half. The defense was even worse. I fell for it because I didn't – I mean, I knew there was going to be some kind of adjustment, but I didn't know that the difference between playing zone and man-to-man was that big. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, the Dolphins started running the ball like – when they did, they they gave uh, Duke uh, Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson, they, yeah, they, it was they, like uh, it was like Larry Zonka reincarnated or something. That's Unbelievable. His first, that's his first one hundred yard game ever in his, in his career. <laughs> ever. I'm like, I, I mean, are you kidding me? We're even giving up hundred yards to this guy. Absolutely, like, Artie. I got to run. You know, Alan Hahn, when he used to do the show, and he's had a bunch of shows on the station. Yeah. He's had Han Solo. He's had Han with DiPietro. He's Han, Canty, and Rotham. He's had the, the Daughtry. He's had a bunch of different shows. <clears throat> he was called the Grim Reaper because he would give <laughs> <laughs> predict scores and games, and it would just kill them. And I think I did an Alan Hahn when oh. I said that the Browns were ready to go. You, of course, of uh, promo code Gordon yeah. uh, fame on FanDuel, right. said Browns are going to win this game. Uh, you know, Raiders are going to win this. The Browns are going to lose this game. And uh, that's just what happened. Yeah. Well, look, I think the Browns reputate. I don't think you have to take credit for the Browns being the Browns. And boy, did they ever Browns this one because they even got a penalty there before the, the field goal attempt. They even called the timeout before the first one that went through. And just to see the pictures of the Browns mm-hmm. fans, there's one in the end zone who's just, he's got like the thousand yard gaze. Yeah. And he's just thinking about his life that has gone wrong as a Browns <laughs> Why am I a Browns fan? Why, right. am I in this, why am I freezing in this dog pound? Right. And they have seven wins. Yeah, exactly. Our two football teams have seven wins between them. And imagine how we feel. So, And, and that might be it. Yeah, that might be it. <laughs> that might be it. We, well, I don't well, see any more. Well, look, the Jets this week, this is a historic week. This is the first time in 27 games mm-hmm. that the Jets are not the underdogs. Oh, this is not good. Is that, is, I, like, good. I would love to know what the longest streak of a team being on 27 games? It's amazing. 27. The Jets now, since the start of last season, have played 30 games. They've won five. Mm-hmm. Five and 25, Larry. I know. With a bullet. Wow. Wow. 
It's bad. It's bad. No, there's nowhere to go but up, but we don't know when that up is going to start. When is that happening? <laughs> when is that going on? There's nowhere to go but up, but when we'll actually start going up, we're not really sure. I mean, we can't even find the arrow to point up that way. No, no. <laughs> struggling. It's just, yeah. Now, before we get to the calls, let's talk about yesterday. Let's talk about okay. this Jet game yesterday. Sure. Now, Gordon, look, I get it that Zach Wilson has not looked good. The first half, he was fabulous. The first drive, I mean, you, you saw him, this, the, the decisiveness, put his foot in the ground, boom, quick release. But Gordon, I, honestly, I'm looking, and I don't know how to grade him in the second half. First of all, they're never on the field in the second half. In the third quarter, they are never on the field for more than like two minutes. Okay, because the defense is just so bad, and and they just they let they. I mean, I could have ran through some of those holes Duke Johnson had yesterday, Gordon, and that's bad. That's uh, bad. Well, look, I mean, with the Jets and Zach Wilson, he he, he was bad in the second half, but he was. was he the was he the headline of the second half? No, no. The defense, the defense is just so atrocious. And here here's the thing: as bad as it is for the Jets, it actually is a warning sign to the Giants. And what I mean oh. is this: oh, the Jets. Why the Jets are in the spot that they are is because they just don't have enough talent. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are still digging themselves out of the hole put in they, that they were put in by their last two general managers. We gave it's you the Zick stats last week. Yep, mm-hmm. it's Zygmunt McCagnum. How, how few guys that those two guys drafted that are even in the NFL, never mind on the Jets, and they're digging themselves out of this hole, and they just don't have enough talent. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you hear the line about, well, you know, uh, picking the wrong quarterback sets you back five, y- uh, five years. Having a bad GM pick the players, that'll set you back a lot longer, too. It's true. And here's the thing. What I mean by it impacts the Giants. The Giants have now had a bad GM for the last four years. And the mm-hmm. next guy you're hoping is going to be a whole lot better. But even if he is, he's going to need a few years to dig you out of the hole. Because case in point is if he doesn't dig you out of the hole, you're looking at what the Jets are. Mm-hmm. Because they have just such a lack of talent. And now with injuries, it's yeah. almost like impo- Like how am I supposed to judge Zach Wilson? You can't. On yesterday. You can't. You can only judge him in the first half. You can't judge him in the second half, Gordon. How can you judge him? I mean, they made him one-dimensional. They, everybody was coming from every which way. I mean, mm-hmm. the offensive line. Look, and I get he's supposed to let go of the ball quickly, but he didn't even have a chance. He got hit on a three-step drop. How yeah. do you – I mean, come on. Let's be realistic. And so there's no communication. The offensive line guy's supposed to – look, if you're telling me – that okay, you look here's here's the play. They pointed it out. They're bringing one more than the offensive line can block. If he holds on to the ball in that situation, that's on him. Okay, that's on him. I can't. There's nobody to block him. But for the tight end, I think Griffin came at an angle. The Jets are always they never square up, Gordon. I don't care whether it's their defense. I don't care whether it's the offense on on trying to pick up blocks. They are never straight up. They're always at an angle, and so they're always reaching. They're always reaching, and that's why people break tackles so easy because they're never square where you can make the tackle and put your full body weight and bring the person down. They're always at an angle, which means what? They're not where they're supposed to be. They're never where they're supposed to be. Yeah, no, I mean, look, it's uh, oh. it's a bad situation. It's a bad like think about all the pieces that you need on defense. I know. Think I know. about all the pieces that you need on offense. Like, I know. like you're, you're, we're talking about Zach Wilson, and that's the story. We want to see him perform here in the second half, and he's not been able to do so, uh, you know, throughout an entire game so far this year. But at this point, 
you know, one of the reasons for optimism, I thought, was that, you know, you added to the skill positions last offseason, right? You, you brought in Corey Davis. You, you draft Elijah Moore. You, you know, you got some running game, running backs back there. It's, it's like at this point, like how uh, – the receivers you had yesterday – Nobody's getting open. Nobody's nope. open. He nope. has no time to throw. Nope. He's not very good. I mean, that, that's, that, that is absolutely a part of this. That he, he is just so overwhelmed by the position right now mm-hmm. that he's not capable of, of lifting you up. And I don't know if you had Joe Montana back there. I don't know yeah. how much he would be able to be lifting you up. So I agree. It, it's very hard. You know, that there, it, it's almost an impossible thing that you're thinking you got three more games to go. And, like, what are you looking to get out of these three games? Here, here's the thing, and we talked about it last night on the show, Gordon. When you look at uh, the GM, the drafting this year is, has been pretty – it's been – other than Wilson, it's right. been okay. You've yeah, had it's been some pretty good. I, I like the draft class from this past okay? year. Okay, he's done a nice job. It's the free agency. Yeah. It's the free agency that's killed mm-hmm. them the past two mm-hmm. years. It's just killed them. Uh, Davis has not been healthy. Lawson has he not been healthy. He was bad when he was healthy too. So yeah, you know the 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 free the money that he spent, the amount of money that he has spent, and gotten second and maybe Gordon third tier free agents has just has not helped them. So you have this money, and I know you have to spend it. Not all of it because it does go over, but you have to spend a part of it. But he spent too much on these guys. They have not bring, given him anything. There's been no dividends on these free agents that he's gotten over the past couple of years. So that's further set them back. Yeah, uh, and, and it really does speak poorly to the GM in terms of, of bringing in talent when we're saying you have no talent. So yeah. you would think that by going out and spending money, well, whoever you – I'm not saying you're going to go out and get superstars – but at least they kind of get you more to a baseline of just kind of a mediocre talent base. But that mm-hmm. has not been the case either. Even what they're trying to you know, solve problems with free agency, they've not really solved any of those problems. By the way, uh, Gordon, the coach says an article from 2017 has the Rams from 2010 being an underdog 43 straight times. 43 straight times. Wow. 43 straight times. Well, the Jets will break the record. Uh, Or they won't won't match that record. Wait wait a minute. It's only Monday. Right. Well, no, I think think they're pretty sizable. And again, that is the Jaguars. It could change. Let's see. Listen, let me, they could let me, celebrate let me go that, look. that Meyer's go gone. Let's find what the latest is. I think yeah. it was three and a half. Not that I'm uh, looking to partake in that. I mean, yeah. if, you, if, you take part, if you take part in that game, 1-800-GAMBLER calls you. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> they know. Caesar says right minus two and a half. Minus two and a half. Yeah, Jets are minus two and a half. Okay, that's Caesars. I don't know what your, your Yeah, your I got FanDuel. I'm a FanDuel. I don't know guy. what your folks have. I want to hear from your folks. Two and a half. Also okay. two and a half. All right, sounds good. So, Larry, do you have one Christmas that you remember from your childhood that you say, you know what, that's the Christmas. You know, that, that, I got that gift that I really want. I, got the, I remember when I was eight, I was, I was the third child. Mm-hmm. I had two older sisters, and I would always, I had their bikes. You know, mm-hmm. girls' bike, flower, banana, flower seat. Oh, nice. Strawberry, Eighth strawberry, birthday, oh, I come Ooh. downstairs, and Santa has delivered, like, this, like, dirt bike-looking bike. Oh, baby. Oh, it had like the, the, the fake, uh, what do you call it, shocks, the big mm-hmm. leather seat, the big, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, handlebar grips and everything else. And I was in heaven. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have one of those Christmases, but this year, I mean, what more do you need for Christmas? You got Max Scherzer. Yep. You got Starling Marte. Yep. And now you got 
Buck Showalter. Yep. It's hard to imagine an offseason going better than this. I don't even think you could have imagined this offseason no. going this well. No, no one could have imagined. No. I mean, like only the most optimistic, completely delusional Met fan would have said, we're going to get Max Scherzer, Starling Marte, and Buck Showalter is going to be our manager. They came and got us. This is, this is why, with all due respect to the Warpons, Gordon, this is why as a Met fan you are, you are happy to see them go. Oh, absolutely. Because you, you were never, you weren't even in the conversation no. For one of these players, one, you would not have been in the conversation for Marte. You would, you're, you're, I, you, I couldn't even imagine. You couldn't even have breathed Scherzer. That's, no. that's not happening. That's not no. happening. You know, so this is why you, this is why you're so happy that Cohen has this team. And this is, Gordon, this is what he's supposed to do. He's got the money. Throw it around. Make the Absolutely. team better. As long as you're making, you. as long as you're spending it smartly. Do, do what you're supposed to do. And that's what he's supposed to do. And yeah, I think Buckshaw Walter is going to be, I think he's, he's the perfect guy for the job. And, I, you know, it's interesting because you hear folks already, well, I don't know about Buck and this analytics stuff. You know, he's not exactly the guy that won't do the analytics. Here's the thing. Buckshaw Walter, does it mean that they're going to come down and say, hey, Buck, here's the lineup for tonight? No, that's not happening. But Gordon, he's still going to use the information. He's not dumb. He's going to use the information to his availability to, and, and to help him make decisions. It's not going to totally guide him. He's still going to use his eyes and his vast experience to work along with the analytic information he has. And for me, I think that makes a perfect manager. I don't want to exclude analytics. I just don't. I just want there to be an opportunity when a guy has a seven-game hitting streak that on the eighth day, he's not going to get off because that's what we sat down and decided in spring training on February 12th. Well, that's, I mean, all, that's all I'm asking. Yeah. I mean, if, if, you were, if you were an organization that is that tied to analytics, and, and the Mets are not. They're not an organization that's that. I mean, they built up their analytics department, but they're not, they're not, they're not the Rays about it. You know what I mean? No. Like, they're not the Dodgers. But if they were one of those organizations, well, then they wouldn't have had interest in Buck Showalter, probably, right? right. Like, they would have mm-hmm. probably been looking for the younger manager who would be willing to take cues from the front office. By the fact that you're going out and getting Buck Showalter, that tells you, yes, analytics will play a role, but at the end of the day, it's going to be the manager's job to be the manager of the team. What an interesting concept for them <laughs> to, to go about. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the way, baseball like it ought to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just... I, there's so often we talk about either trades or moves or, or things that teams need to do. And, and it just doesn't like when we talk about the Knicks, right? People are like, they got to go get a superstar, but there's not a superstar available. Mm-hmm. They don't have the pieces to be get, able to go get the superstar if they do become available. Here's an example where the Mets had to go get like the right guy and the right guy is sitting right there. He, he's managed before. He's done basically everything you can do in baseball except get to a World Series. He's been a three-time manager of the year and he's managed in New York. He knows mm-hmm. and it's a veteran team. It's just like it checks every single box. So, it does. Uh, it, it seemed like it was a foregone conclusion. I get why Mets fans might and I know you were a little leery about it. It was taking a little too long but I think it's just an absolute slam dunk of a move in an, in an offseason where the Mets have laid in a lot of moves. Steve Cohen could own the Mets for another 50 years. He won't have an easier decision than this. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to hearing Buck on the Michael K. show tomorrow. He'll join uh, Michael coming back. 
Michael Zuniga. Wow. For, yes, that Michael. tells you how much he likes Buck. Oh, He's no coming question. back in. No question. He will he will join the guys tomorrow. Yes, he will. So in the three o'clock hour, Buck Showalter right here on the Michael K Show on ninety eight seven ESPN. Back to the phones. Bruce is in Flushing. He's next on ninety eight seven. Hi, Bruce. Hey guys, um, uh, Larry Gordon. I am sixty four years old. I am a lifelong Yankee fan. My father was a Yankee fan. My first Yankee game, I sat behind a post, sat in the left field bleachers. I am now going to be held in trouble because a person like me with that kind of pedigree is now rooting for the Mets. I am rooting for Buck, and, and I have to root for Buck. I have to root for the Mets. I want Buck to win a World Series. And I'll still playing the Yankees. And to playing the Yankees, I'm obviously going to root for the Yankees. But if not, I'm going to spend my watching time Watching the Yankees, I wouldn't probably go to a game, but I'm going to do it. And, and, and there's a lot of people like me who's, um, who probably even go to the Mets games. And if I'm Hal Steinbrenner, I'm in trouble because I better put a damn good team because there's a lot of Yankee fans who now be following the Mets. I want to get your reaction to it. All right, well, Gordon, thanks for the call, Bruce. All right, Gordon, you're a Yankee fan. How, how do you feel about that? Do you agree with them? Do you think they'll be – is it is it more than the casual interest? Oh, let me see what's going on with Buck, or is it, wow, come on, Buck, come on, Buck. How, how's it going to be? Uh, I won't be rooting for Buck. I'm not rooting against him, but I'm not mm-hmm. rooting for him. I'm a Yankee fan. You know, uh, what goes on with the Mets goes on with the Mets. I, I'm not I'm not rooting for Mets' success, um, mm-hmm. but I, I hope I hope that this kind of – spurs some I know it can't happen right now but spurs some action within the Yankees brass hmm. that like guys let's get on the ball here we got to go rather than like oh well we'll we'll do something when when it when it comes about and we'll, we'll find a good bargain here or there you know the Mets are now putting some pressure on them whether or not they respond I don't have a lot of confidence that they will I think they're just going to stick to whatever plan they have and they'll make their moves whenever things are open up again, whenever that is. But, you know, there's almost going to be that built-in excuse of, well, you know, we couldn't do too much because it was a shortened off season, And, you know, there was just so much stuff going on. It's going to be tougher to make trades, right? Like, like any chance of the Yankees getting Matt Olson, I think, is going to be kind of out mm-hmm. of the unless, – unless things open up far earlier than we expect. But if we're mm-hmm. into, like – February, March, by the time that they yeah. actually come to a deal and there's this shortened off season, I don't get a whole lot of hope that the Yankees are going to go out and, and do stuff, but I hope the Met. I hope when it does open up, the Mets keep doing it because maybe that might be the only thing that spurs the Yankees to do something. Is uh, do you, as a Yankee fan, have confidence that they'll make they'll do the right thing? In no. other words, this is a team that's had you've had sustainable success, Gordon. I Absolutely, mean, you, know, you they, have. They will. They will put a good team on the on the on the field. I, mm-hmm. I, look, I I know everybody's frustrated because they didn't do anything really. Right. I don't think that they're going to go into the season with the same team as they had. I, I agree. They, they will make their moves, mm-hmm. but will they ever go all in? Will they ever push mm. the chips into the middle of the table for a, for a, a team that is in a win now window? Right, like it, it, it it's not going to stay open forever. I don't know that they will. I think what will end up happening is they'll sign Judge to an extension. They'll make a play for a position player, probably a shortstop at some point. They'll make their moves, but there's not going to be that moment where you're like, all right, the Yankees are are back to being the Yankees. The days of the Yankees acting like the Steinbrenner Yankees, I think, are over. 
This is ESPN New York Tonight.